You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I think that, you know, through art, you know, and through seeing other people's perspective and other people's lived experience and considering where they're coming from is is how is one of the ways that I think that we can continue to kind of move together because like you said it is a very global community because we have all these tools that are connecting us but at the same time there's so much division and so much friction because we are dehumanizing the other the other side you know there is no other side right one but we're and so this is part of it this is part of that work of of just like opening up people's perspectives to other lived experiences. I hope. I hope that's what we're doing. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Business of Broadway, a podcast brought to you by the Broadway League and Black to Broadway. Here, we highlight the stories, how-tos, and successes of the Black professionals and legends of Broadway. I'm your host, Janine Scott. Today's extraordinary guest, Nana Mensa, a Ghanaian-American writer, director, producer, and actress, is a force in the entertainment world on the big and small screens. Nana is making her Broadway debut in Jaja's African Hair Braiding, a production playing at the Manhattan Theater Club through November 19th. In today's episode, we discuss in hair in the Black community, what it means to bring this narrative to Broadway, and the magic behind the scenes bringing Jaja's hair salon to life on stage. Okay, so culturally, the hair salon has always been more than just a place to get your hair done. It's a haven for community, friendship, and belonging. The hours that we spend in a chair and the connections that we make with our stylists sometimes transcend that of our closest friends. Join us as we explore the magic behind the scenes the power of storytelling, and the rich culture of Jaja's African hair braiding. Welcome, Nana, and thank you for chatting with me today. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, you are a Ghanaian-American writer, director, producer, and actress. Can you tell us about your journey into this world of theater? Um, yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty short. The The journey starts in theater, and now I'm here, you know, back uh, because of uh-huh. theater. So yeah, it started with, um, you know, coming to New York after graduating and wanting to be uh, a theater actor. All I wanted to do was like be on stage at the public theater or New York theater workshop or all of these like downtown theaters that had really kind of captured my, um, you know, my imagination and my spirit as, as a young person wanting to be in the theater. And um 
I just like, couldn't get arrested. It like wasn't really happening. I couldn't get, um, you know, the jobs that um, I saw like my peers getting and in my cohort. And and I and I knew I had to believe. Somebody's always people have always said to me that this business requires a little bit of delusion. And so my delusion kicked in and it's like, it's not because I'm less talented with them than them. There's something else afoot. And that's actually what led me to start writing and to kind of start creating my own work. Um, but the theater journey was always really consistent. Um, if I couldn't get jobs on the in the theaters that I wanted to be working at, um, we were hosting readings. We were, you know, around people's kitchen tables. You know, everyone bring a snack, and um, we would either read a new piece that one of us had written, or um, Shakespeare, or you know, maybe even a play that's on right now at a theater that that um, none of us could get auditions for. So I feel like my, you know, cohort of um, of of theater actors really kept me alive artistically during that time. So yeah, and then eventually um, I started getting a couple small parts in, in some off-Broadway work. And, um, and then uh, the kind of big kahuna was, was uh, 2016, 2017, working on Tracy Letts' um, Man for Nebraska, which was directed by David Cromer and went up at second stage. And that was kind of like my coming out party. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was, you know, just kind of working with really established talent. Um, Annette O'Toole and Reed Burney led that cast. And, um, and, and that was just like a dream of a job. Um, and I had so much fun. And of course, like every actor, I think when I took my final bow, the final show, I was like, oh my God, I will never be able to have this much fun on the stage ever again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but lo and behold, you know, yes. five, six years later, I am having as much fun, if not more, um, on, on the Friedman stage uh, playing Aminata in this play. Oh my gosh. So... I mean, you say you say that that journey to the world of theater was short, but when did you discover your passion for storytelling? Has it like always just been or? Well, you know, um, I am Ghanaian and I and I can't discredit that as part of the journey because mm -hmm. I do think Ghanaians, especially Ashanti, my 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 family is Ashanti. Um, the Ashanti people have a very rich oral tradition. So I feel like people were always telling stories and are actually excellent storytellers in my family. You know, my parents, my aunts and uncles, my grandparents, um, really, I mean, to the point where like at a certain point, my grandmother, um, she, you know, has dementia now, but before her memories started to really decline, I basically just got a dictaphone and just put it in front of her. And I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> like, I want to hear everything. I want to hear all of it, you know? And, um, talking about her various marriages, talking about her children, talking about her upbringing um, and and her incredible life, which, you know, will never mm -hmm. make its way to a history book or anything, but it's still really riveting in terms of its drama and its um, and the highs and the lows and the, the endurance and, and, and just like that full kaleidoscope of what it is to be human. So I think I've recognized story as a very powerful tool from a very young age mm -hmm. um, because it's just been in my family and in my culture. Oh, I am jealous. I would love to record my, my elders because and that is probably one of the things that I would say is common in the 
black african-american you know we don't necessarily do that and pass down Mm. and i think that that's unfortunately i think that's something that's lost um and so it's it's so beautiful to hear that you know to hear you speak of that and you know the stories may not be you know what other people may think is wonderful but it but it really is because there's a story in every and everybody, everybody has a story, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of finding what yours is. And there's always some sort of motivation. So I, I love the art of storytelling. And I really thank you for sharing that. And I and I hope that we as a people, um, as Americans, you know, get back to that when when we talk about, you know, our roots. Thank you. <laughs> But Jaja's African braiding takes place in a hair braiding shop in Harlem. And let's be real, in all hair braiding and black salons, it's always a story, okay? (laughs) There's always a story to be told. But it's an eclectic group of uh, West African immigrant hair braiders in the show You Play Aminata. And one of the hair, as one of the hairdressers who works in the salon, who has an addiction to scratch off lottery card, but also has this kind of roller coaster of a love life, right? Uh, can you share a little bit more about your character and her story in the play and why it's important, you know, uh, to, to the play? Yeah, I think um, what I love about Aminata in the context of this play and in the context of things that I get to do, um, you know, as an actor in film and TV roles, historically in film and TV roles, I've, you know, played women who really have it together. And um, what I love about playing Aminata and what I'm having the most fun with playing Aminata is that she really doesn't. She really does not have it together. You're right. Her, her personal life is in a shambles. She's like fine at her job, you know, um, but uh, yeah, she, she is a little bit of a chaos agent, you know, provocateur. And I think that um, that's really fun. That's really fun because I think uh, just in terms of portraying black women, like different kinds of black women, we don't always have it together and that's okay. We don't have to always have it together. I think, especially when you're talking about immigrant you know, African immigrant stereotypes, a lot of times there is that like noble immigrants, you know, stereotype. Um, and and then there's also like, you know, versus the opposite of somebody who's like, you know, maybe waiting for, for some sort of white savior mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. and help them. And um, this is not that, you know, she is, she is self-actualized. It's messy, it's chaotic, but you know, She's got her feet on on the ground and she's just figuring it out, like, which feels incredibly human. And, um, and that's, that's what I love about, about playing her. And I love, yeah, that's, that's what I love (laughs) about playing Amina. I saw this opening night. I saw Jaja's opening night. So I was there. I mean, like, we had a renaissance moment, okay? When her husband came in, it's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. And we all had that moment of, well, I definitely had that moment of reflection of when I've been that girl. <laughs> and yes. And when I've had my hairdressers <laughs> be that girl. 
also. Right. I mean, it right. was so real and it was so relatable. And the audience. Listen, the audience has become, I mean, there are 10 actors in this play, but we joke that there's actually 11 because the audience is the 11th actor <laughs> in the play. Um, they are so uh, participatory. And especially in that scene, it really comes out because people are so in their feelings. Yeah. You know, it's like you know that it is pushing a nerve. Um, whether it was, whether you are Aminata, whether your best friend is Aminata, you know, like no matter what the, like, it's just, whether your mother is Aminata, I think everyone has an Aminata in their life. And that scene really does invoke a lot of uh, <laughs> passion, let's say. So there are definitely times where we've had to hold, mm -hmm. because we hold obviously for laughs. It's a comedy, it's a great time. It's a raucous, great time, this play. But we also sometimes in that scene have to hold for like, you know, people hurling insults. <laughs> yes. We're like, uh-uh, nah, nah, that's my girl, no. Exactly, because also that's true. Like at that point in the play, like I, I think, obviously I've never been an audience member for this play, but at that point in the play, I think the audience has built a real connection with Aminata. Mm -hmm. So so I I feel them with me. And then this thing happens and they are so mm -hmm. pissed on my behalf, which is really great, actually. You know, like it's mm -hmm. <laughs> I was with you. I'm telling you, I was with you. I was like, what? Oh no. And so I was there, as was the whole crowd. I mean, I heard the clicking of the fans like, ah. It was it was it was a lively night, and I can only imagine, you know, as it as it as you all continue to run, I'm sure, you know, there are people who are coming back that are just waiting, <laughs> waiting for that moment and yeah. waiting for him. Uh, so you definitely have some supporters, and uh, yeah, that was a that was a it was a funny but very real 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 moment and i think we all we all could relate uh so what does it mean you know being able to tell this story and i'm gonna say our story because i started to get braids just this weekend and i'm like but i don't have like 12 hours to sit down uh because i don't want micros by the way but i just you know with the boho but i don't have I don't have time to sit down and, and wait. But what does it mean to be telling this story on Broadway, to be telling our story on Broadway that's centered on hair, but also to be telling the story of immigration, you know? So it's a story about Blackness and Africanness, and, you know, and it's being portrayed on a Broadway stage with an all-Black cast and a majority Black creative team. It's... It's uh, a real privilege. It feels incredible. I think um, the moment that it really hit me was, because we had toured the theater once before, um, but it was before the set was up. Mm. And I think the day that we showed up for the first day of tech and we saw that unbelievable set, like that felt so incredibly specific and familiar, um, shout out to David Zinn, who is a magician. Um, I, you know, I got emotional and I stood next to Jocelyn and we just hugged each other and we we're like, can you believe 
I could get emotional now thinking about it. You know, it's like, can you believe this is on a Broadway stage? You know, it was just, um, it doesn't cease to amaze me. It's just really because it's, it's a salon that is, I have sat in my whole life and I don't know how close you were to the stage, but like something as specific as like the water stains mm -hmm. in the ceiling, like, you know, like, I mean, the family pictures at each of our stations, the postcards from London, you know, there's just an enormous amount of specificity and care that went into the set. And I think the set, when I hear, um, you know, when the set moves mm -hmm. and the audience explodes into applause, that has happened at every single performance. And that to me is like, it's like, it's beautiful. It's just like a real sense of recognition um, at the detail and the artistry that went into creating this world that a lot of us have been frequenting since we were children, you know? Oh my gosh. The, speak. So you said that there's 11, I'm going to say that there's maybe 12, maybe 13, because I think the set itself is a character. I mean, from the moment yeah. that she's un, un, undoing the padlock and, and, and lifting the gate and then it turns around and you're like, oh my gosh. And I was in the, I was like, I think I was in the third or fourth row. So I was close, okay. I was close, close. You I could see, <laughs> and I could see all the pictures and, you know, the magazine, you, all, it was just like, yes, just all the little details. And so, you know, kudos, yes, to the, to the set designer and just how it just, when it's spun. And so it's like, when you look at that stage, you see it and you're instantly in that hair salon, you know, and we all spend hours in a hair salon and we have the individual come and selling us food, selling us socks, used to be selling us CDs, but you know, we don't do that no more. And it'd be the DVDs. <laughs> it's like, but that's in the movie, mm, you know? So yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was definitely a connection. And I, I definitely, I felt like, okay, this is it. This is real. This isn't Broadway trying to be. This is this, this is, is it. it. And this is it. And, and and again, like I said, I cannot. I mean, the creative team. It's like we'll probably get into it later. But the hair design, the hair and wig design, and then like you know, and the set design, and then the video design. You know, like what those selections of like you know what what what's playing on the TV, and the, I mean, everything was so thoughtfully executed under the, the the direction of Whitney White and and Jocelyn's input of course mm -hmm. um it, it I mean I felt so I feel I continue to feel so privileged to be able to to play on this stage at this time in this way you know I think when I was first starting out my my understanding was that like I was you know if I was going to get to Broadway it was going to be you know as a you know, supporting, supporting, supporting mm -hmm. character in in a largely white play, maybe somebody's girlfriend mm -hmm. or somebody's whatever. Be able to be this like fully three dimensional woman on this stage, um, supported by this cast, supported by this creative team. It's incredible. It's incredible. There's just no other way to. There's no other word to describe it. It's it, it is not to be believed. Truly, the definition of incredible. I mean, you said it. The wigs. Could you discuss what it was like 
to work with the wigs on the show as I mean, they're like characters themselves. And I was really, really, really wondering. I'm like, the micro braids, how are they gonna do that? <laughs> because, ooh, baby. But but you all did. And it's just like it it was it it was it was it was surreal, honestly. It is surreal. It is really surreal. Um Nakia Mathis is a genius. Uh, she is our hair and wig designer. We also had uh, Susie Oludele, who is uh, our braiding consultant. She very famously did uh, Beyonce's Lemonade braids. Um, and so uh, she also helped us by coming in a, a, a few weekends to basically do like a braiding boot camp because all of us who played the hair braiders were actually coming into braiding with various levels of proficiency, I would say I was at the very bottom, mm -hmm. and I would say, mm -hmm. and I would say, um, probably Brittany, who plays uh, um, Miriam. Mm -hmm. Brittany is probably at the top. She's the most proficient. She's the one who's doing executing the micro braids, so mm -hmm. it actually works out. <laughs> I'm glad I was not cast <laughs> as Miriam because, listen, we would still be at that theater. We trying to figure out those micro braids, um, but but it was it, it, it was it was amazing because mm -hmm. Susie who was who was at the top of her field kind of took us under her wing and ta taught us not only how to braid if we didn't know or how to cornrow or how to do box braids or whatever she also like gave us like an energetic kind of coaching of what it is to be a confident braider somebody who does it all the time who's done it who's done thousands of heads of mm -hmm. hair and um and so the way we position our hands, the things that get stiff, like the little ticks of mm -hmm. like, okay, our hands need a little, are cramping or our neck is a little, you know, like mm -hmm. things like that, full body assessment of what it's like to be on your feet, you know, braiding these heads of hair, doing this repetitive motion for hours at a time. So stuff that I, even as somebody who has been getting my hair braided my whole life, haven't really given that much thought to, I'm ashamed to say. So, um... It was a real boot camp. It was a real boot camp, like fully, like end to end. Um, so I, and that was, you know, Nakia's idea to make sure that we were all like to kind of elevate our skill mm -hmm. set. So when we start braiding hair, it looks like we're actually braiding hair. And, um, and then on top of that, I think, uh, yeah, the wigs, man, the wigs, it's, it's real sorcery. I mean, we joke internally that it's like Harry Potter for hair, uh, you know? <laughs> And we're employing all those tricks, the slates of hand, the, you know, misdirection, uh -huh. whatever, so that we can achieve these looks without these women exiting stage. And, you know, uh -huh. so it's, it's really special. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, and 
what I also find amazing, especially where we're at in the world where women, specifically Black women, and the conversation around hair and braids and natural hair and the pressures that we're faced with, you know, in the workplace on what is and what is not, you know, professional. I really appreciated that. I really appreciated the care and how how it was embraced and celebrated, just the braiding and the story of braiding and um and this being mainstream also I think helps to put us another step closer to people understanding uh what is professional and and a little bit more of understanding surrounding just the hair and and black women in hair. Yeah, and 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 also the craftsmanship, the artisan, mm -hmm. you know, like the artisanal, right. uh, you know, like the status of what it is to create these looks, like to really engineer these looks. It it is the synthesis of so many different kinds of artistry, and the fact that it's like these women are virtually invisible in New York is like crazy right. to me, you know, like and there are so many people. Um, you know, oftentimes white people who are like, I've walked by these women hundreds of times. I live in Harlem or I live in Brooklyn and I know I live on top of a braiding salon and I've never thought twice about what goes mm. on in there. And first I'm like kind of shameful, right. but also too, like, okay, if this, if this play is going to open your eyes and make you see, you know, help you to, to see these lives that are being lived mm -hmm. right above, below, next to you, um, I think that's a real feat artistically, yeah. you know, to change the way people think, to change the way people see. Exactly. And it's, it's so important. I mean, we are more interconnected, you know, as this, as internet and things like that, this, this global world that we're in is, it becomes smaller and smaller. And it, it's important for us to recognize our, our differences, recognize and celebrate those differences, and also to have an appreciation you know, uh, for other, for other cultures. And I think that this, I think that Jaja's, you know, it, it does that in, in many ways and in a comedic way. And, and in a comedic way, and also in a really smart way, because, you know, I think one of the things that there's that, you know, that saying, is it a saying? I don't know, but that like black people are not a model, mm -hmm. right? Like we don't all lived experience and what I love is that we have this all-black cast and yet we're able to kind of like um you know Jocelyn is able to kind of pick out the threads of, of the different lived experiences of being black being black mm -hmm. American um generation uh you know like there's even a, there's a scene where a very um wealthy young woman uh comes into the shop and that very easily in the hands of a lesser playwright could have been cast as a white person just to kind of like illustrate or put you know but it's like actually no like there are these like you mm -hmm. know extremely well educated extremely privileged black people who who also don't quite understand exactly. or don't quite see you know the lived experience the full lived experience of other black people in the very same city that they live in and I think that 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 scene that like um uh, that exchange between Marie and that character is so, uh, that character's name is Radia, is so telling. And I think it's, it, it's really poignant. 
um, yeah, of what it's like to be all kinds of black, like every kind of black. Yes. <laughs> a lot of it shows up on that page, which is again, like I said, a testament to Jocelyn's writing. Yeah, masterfully done, masterfully done. Is there a specific message you would like people to walk away with after visiting Jaja's African hair braiding? And alternatively, I, is there a particular aspect of Aminata that you hope people will resonate with and carry with them as well? I mean, I think definitely I would love for people to see Aminata as uh, mm -hmm. flawed and human and still deserving of, you know, safety and for her, you know, her child to be safe and, 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 and those things, like, I think just like a fully, like a humanization mm -hmm. of these women who are largely invisible in New York and, and other cities, mm -hmm. it's not just New York, but who, who, who are, who kind of are existing on the periphery. Um, I think really putting them literally center stage and like, and, and talking about their lived experience is so um, important. So I, I really hope that people kind of, gather that fullness, that humanity of, of Aminata as a person and the other hair braiders. Um, and I think with Jaja, similarly, yeah, I think it's already happening. Like I said, the people who've come up to me who are like, I've never stopped twice to look or consider what's going on inside that hair braiding salon. Um, and I mm -hmm. hope that that expands to, you know, if you see someone selling purses on the sidewalk or you see someone, you know, like, like th th I hope that that just opens it all up, you know, like, and, and that, that, that perspective just continues to grow and open. Um, because I think we are at a time, a very, you know, a very dangerous time where mm -hmm. people aren't necessarily considering the humanity of others. And that's how we get ourselves into very tricky, you know, situations. And I think that, you know, through art, you know, and through seeing other people's perspective and other people's lived experience and considering where they're coming from is, is how, is one of the ways that I think that we can continue to kind of move together. Because like you said, it is a very global community because we have all these tools that are connecting us. But at the same time, mm -hmm. there's so much division and so much friction because we are dehumanizing the other, the other side, you know, there is no other side, right? One, but we're, and so this is part of it. This is part of that work of, of just like opening up people's perspectives to other lived experiences. I hope, I hope that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I think you are. I mean, cause there's this underlying story that I don't wanna talk too much about because I don't wanna give anything away, but there's this underlying story of immigration and the realness, regardless of who you are as far as immigration. And um, so, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much because I know I. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just gonna. Yeah, leave but it. I, I think what you're saying is true. I think that uh, the face of immigration looks a lot of different ways. Although, if you watch, mm -hmm. you know, the news, it usually looks one specific way. So I think that's also important to like, you know, hint at in this context, and also to mm -hmm. talk about um, in the play. Uh, yeah, yeah, because there are so many different immigration stories and different pathways to immigration and um, how that affects your life and your prospects and your future is so 
wild and varying, you know, just based on the decisions your parents made, you made, whatever, you know. So I think that that is, yeah, yeah, that does obviously factor in the show as well. Yeah, it's so multi-layered, and it's it. I mean, it's even though it's ninety minutes, you know, it, it's there ninety minutes, no intermission. Okay, right? ninety minutes, no intermission. It's like that is the secret sauce. Is that we're gonna give you this full blown comedy drama like heartbreak love everything in 90 minutes no intermission that is also masterful <laughs> it is <laughs> i agree i agree so what's next for you i mean what's next for you what upcoming or future projects are you looking forward to taking on yeah i mean you know there's a strike so nothing <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> So I'm, you know, obviously I'm excited about, I, I am hopeful about what comes next. And, um, you know, I know that uh, my union is is actively meeting mm -hmm. to try and get some resolution sooner rather than later. So the future is bright, I hope. I have to believe um, that these 105 days of striking have right. not been for naught. Um uh, and, and yeah, so I, I also right. write, so I'm writing some, you know, writing, continuing on some contracts and things that had been paused when the writer struck. And so, so we'll see. I mean, I hope I, you know, Jaja's we close, uh, November 19th as of now. And so, um, I think we will, we will see the, the big unknown. I think I, I was really fortunate at some point to like listen to, I think it was a podcast or or maybe it was like inside the actor's studio and I can't remember who it was, but somebody like deeply respected and just like, you know, a household name who was just like at the end of every job, I'm like, okay, that was the last one. I guess I'm never going to work again. And, then, <laughs> and it, it, it was like, it truly was like someone like Robert De Niro. So it's right. like, if Robert De Niro is saying that at the end of every job, I'm going to beat myself up a little less about feeling that way too. Um, so we'll see what happens, you know, but like I said, I, I have to believe the future is bright. Yeah, I, I think it is. So at the end of each episode, we ask our guests one question and it's, what advice would you like to offer to the future Black leaders of Broadway? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I think the advice that I would offer to the future Black leaders of Broadway would be to, uh, one, take your time. And that mm -hmm. goes like, across the board. I'm really deeply inspired by one of our producers, LaShans, who has built such a career as a tremendous actor and vocalist um, and is only recently segued into producing theater and is so good at it, is so un like really, I mean, you know, knock on wood, like Midas touch. And and so she uh, came on board this project and has been such a champion for this project. And, um, and I'm just sitting there watching her career and being like, oh, wow, look, everything in due time. Because she was an actor and an actor only. And then and, and learned the ins and outs of Broadway yes. and, you know, won a Tony as an actor. And now she's collecting Tonys as a producer. You know, she's so, um, and, and so uh, I'm, I'm, really inspired by that, you know, um, that, that her decades as an actor watching, observing, taking notes has led her to be such an excellent producer. 
Um, and so everything happens in its own time. You know, you don't need to rack up a bajillion Tonys by the time you're 30, you know, like it can take the time that it takes um, and really good work, like waiting for, it's like double dutch, you know, you got to wait till the, till, till the, till the beat is right. before you <laughs> in. Because <laughs> if you just insert yourself, you're going to get tangled up in the, in the ropes, you know? So you gotta, you gotta like kind of observe and watch the timing and then jump in when the project is right, when the timing is right. So I would say don't rush. Mm. Um, yeah. I love that. And also, also second, second thing, which is kind of tied to it, but also be brave, right? There's some work that like, if you had told me two years ago when I first did a reading of this play that like there would be a play about taking place in an, in an African hair braiding salon in Harlem and that it would be selling out to audiences on Broadway. Yeah. I would have been like, you are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You are crazy. You need to get examined like that. There is no way. Um, But here we are in this, I think the Friedman is 600, 650 seats. And it's like, we're at, you know, somewhere between 90 and a hundred percent capacity every night, every night. It's just, uh, it boggles the mind. And so if you, which it just goes to show that like, if you tell the right story in the right way with such like humor and specificity Mm -hmm. and and humanness, I think people will respond to it, you know, no matter what they look like or whatever their lived experience as they're coming in to, to, to sit in the theater. So that has been really educational for me. Absolutely. Well, Nana, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to to chat with us. I want to thank our guests and you, our listeners. You could have been doing anything else, but you chose to spend your time with me and I am grateful. Be sure to subscribe at bpn.fm slash bbb so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, tell a friend. I'm your host, Janine Scott, and we at the Broadway League Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Black Business of Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.